We've been going through uh, Luke's account of the birth of Jesus. I'm going to share briefly with you all today from Luke chapter 1, verses 57 through 80. We have Bibles underneath the chairs in front of you, or if you have brought your Bibles along, you can go ahead and open them up to follow along. How many of you already have Christmas presents underneath the tree? None. None. Some of you have some of those under the tree. And, and how many of you kind of struggle with that anticipation of like, what, what am I going to get? And, and yeah, I've got a couple of my boys raising their hands over there already. Or there is this, 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 there's this particular gift that I wanted and I'm really excited for it. You know, there's a variety of different, even Christmas movies, right, that are based upon these things of, of wanting certain gifts and just waiting to get that gift at that time. And, of course, in a very, in a very simple sense, Christmas is about that. And it's about a, a receiving a gift, waiting for a gift that, that has taken a, a long, long time. The passage I'm going to be sharing from briefly here today, think of it like a prequel. All right, so you've just seen the main story here. Now we're going to go rewind just a little bit here, do a little prequel. Before the birth of Jesus, there was an interaction with a couple named Zechariah and Elizabeth. Elizabeth was the cousin of Mary, who, who was the mother of Jesus. Elizabeth and Zechariah, they'd, they'd be unable to have children. Some of you are, know that experience of struggle with infertility yourselves. They were, they were barren. And up to the age of their 60s, God did a miracle and, and opened Elizabeth's womb to allow her to bear a child naturally. Well, this is the story of the birth of that child and after the birth of that child, whose name would be John. He would come to prepare the way for Jesus. Well, join with me here, friends, in that passage. Luke chapter 1, verses 57 through 80. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son, and her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. And on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they would have called him Zechariah after his father. But his mother answered, No, he shall be called John. And they said to her, None of your relatives is called by his name. Or by this name, and they made signs to his father, inquiring what he wanted him to be called. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, His name is John. And they all wondered. And immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue loosened, and he spoke, blessing God. And fear came on all their neighbors. And all these things were talked about throughout the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them laid them up in their hearts saying what then will this child be for the hand of the lord was with him and his father zechariah was filled with the holy spirit and prophesied saying blessed be the lord god of israel for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant david as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our fathers, Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear 
and holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. For you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in the spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Join with me as I pray here over God's word. Holy Spirit, we ask for you to just open our hearts as you opened Zechariah's mouth in response and obedience and believing the message he was told. Lord, open our hearts that we might believe and respond to the gospel according to Zechariah here. In your name we pray. Amen. So in coming to this, this scene here, Elizabeth has given birth to this son, John. Now, Zechariah, the husband, as you notice, if you listen there, you heard like his mouth was unable to, he was, he was mute. He was unable to speak. That was because he did not believe the angel when God's messenger visited him and told him that they would bear a son. He didn't believe. And he asked for signs. In the birth here, it's interesting to note that, 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 that Elizabeth gives the name. But did you notice here, she gave the name John and the people re- reacted to her. Now, of course, in the patriarchal culture there, they went to the husband. Well, she's, she's mistaken, you know. She's mistaken. We got to go and talk to the husband. And of course, now they're making signs to, to, to Zechariah. Now, Zechariah is not deaf. So it's a little bit of irony there. Why are they making signs to him? He's not deaf. He's mute. He can't talk. All right? And, and Zechariah pulls out a tablet, and he writes here. His name is John. Now, Elizabeth said his name will be John. It shall be. Because she didn't know that his name was already John. You see, the angel had already told Zechariah. And, and this was that part for Zechariah of him coming to realize what, what he was told, what he ex- had been informed of by God himself was coming true. And this was a sign of his obedience and his belief. His name is John. The angel was right. The angel told me the truth and I didn't believe. His name is John. It's an emphatic statement of what already was because what is happening here that, 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 that Zechariah is realizing is there is a cosmic ripple unfolding here of eternity breaking into history. God has already been at work unfolding this time for all of us. And the people, they, they respond, they, they feel and they sense. It's kind of that piece where, where, you're, where you're in a moment with, with some people or you're watching a, a show and you, and you get that kind of goosebumps and cold chills like, whoa, something is happening here. Fear came over their neighbors. This isn't like this, this fear of, of, of being struck down by God. This is a a sense of awe and awesomeness. Something profound is happening here. 
and you can imagine the rumors and the, and, and, and the, the, the scuttlebutt, the, the messages spreading around, people talking like something is going on. There is something more to this child and to this moment. John's, John couldn't speak, and all of a sudden, he could speak. These common family rules of names and how they should be given, that's being broken. Elizabeth and Zechariah were barren for 60 plus years. People don't get pregnant when they're 60. Amen, ladies? Something special is happening. And they laid these things up in their hearts, wondering what's going on. What is going on? And Zechariah responds here with a song. Because it's all hitting him all at once. That eternity, eternity is breaking into history. That there is a cosmic ripple that's going to unleash a tidal wave of God's love on us. Zechariah, in verse 67 here, breaks into song. And let me just be honest here. In this whole section, this birth narrative, it's like reading a musical, all right? You know, you know what a musical is like. There's a little bit of talking, and they set up you know, the scene and the scenario, and then they just start singing, right? It's a whole new world. That actually wasn't that bad. I'm, I feel pretty good about myself. I didn't know where that was going to go. I'll be honest, growing up, I was tortured by musicals. You know, it's like, when's the trauma going to hit again? They're singing again. All right, this isn't that bad. But, you know, it's, it, it, there's, there's these songs throughout here. Because there is this profound response. Something big. Not just big. They, they, they just they fall so short. Something life-changing. They knew eternity was at stake and was happening here. And you, you know when, when you can't help but just scream and shout for joy. You had those times when, when, when the unthinkable has happened in your world, in your life, in the Vikings game. You know what I'm talking about. Zachariah breaks in a song here. This song, though, tells the story. This song isn't just from his own memory, his own heart. It's, it's from the Spirit of God speaking to him. He's having revelation. The truth of God happened for him in the moment while he's speaking it, not just to the people there in that little moment there, but to us today. And he speaks of worship, blessing God, the God of Israel, who raised up what he says here, the horn of salvation in the house of David. This word horn of salvation, this takes us back to, if you want to read Psalm 18, or you go back to 2 Samuel 22, this was a historic song by David the king, the king. And the word horn of salvation means the power of God to save. What does he say about this? Blessed be the God of Israel, for he has visited us. He has raised up the power of salvation that we should be saved. He's speaking in past tense because when we're talking about the work of God, you see, we, we are created by a God who made the end from the beginning. What he has set is going to happen. And this isn't in some fatalistic sense where we are all mere puppets. 
But even with all our individual choices and with the evil in this world, God's plan cannot be thwarted. That's good news, amen? And he was unfolding this plan of salvation through a people group called Israel, the Jews. He chose in his wisdom thousands of years ago to pick one man, Abraham, in order for him to create a nation and a race of people through whom he would bring about the salvation of all of humanity. And he speaks here in the language of deliverance that we should be saved from our enemies. You see, in the nation of Israel, a significant historical event took place out of Egypt where they were slaves and they were released from slavery into being in relationship with the one true God. To be a representative people group among all the world so the world would know there is one God, the true God, and they would know it through this nation Israel. This language of deliverance, of being set free from enemies, he speaks of. This is an ancient prophecy. This is an ancient plan. And what is the result here? That we might, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, we might serve him in fear, in holiness, righteousness, before him all of our days. That there is this work of salvation that John, the birth of John, is the ripple of an eternity breaking into history. Of salvation for all people. It's salvation to bring us into relationship with God. That we might serve Him. That we might be set apart. Holiness means to be set apart. That we might follow His ways. We might be in right relationship with Him. All of our days. You realize, friends, this isn't something we can do. This is why this is so significant. Because there was darkness... Not just in the world and, and, and at the time for the people of Israel who were held captive by Romans, by another nation. There's darkness. Not just in the evil and injustices we see today and all the chaos created by this pandemic, the injustices across this world, the politics. There's a darkness in our hearts. That's what he's talking about. That's, that's, that's what Jesus has come to address. That's what John's birth is this ripple before the tidal wave of God's love because it's God's love to us that we don't deserve it. It's God's love to us that we need to be changed, that we can't change ourselves. We're broken. And our efforts to change ourselves are more of the problem. John goes on. In a tender moment, he turns to his son, excuse me, Zechariah goes on. In a tender moment, he turns to his son, John, here in verse 76. And you, child, fathers, you know that, that intimate moment, that, that special moment where you, where you may hold your son or you hold your daughter for the very first time. And you look down and you, and you see that special gift. And you realize life is just about to get real. There is a weight upon you of care, of concern, to lead and shape this child, of love, of a love that you've never felt before. Magnify this hundreds of times as John look, or excuse me, as Zechariah looks at his son John, holds him in his arms. 
realizing he's the one to come before the king, the one to come before the savior of the world, the one to prepare the way. And you, child, will be a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways. John would prepare the way of what? To give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. This salvation that we need isn't a, a, a change in our circumstances. You know, oftentimes isn't what, that what we go to God about? We want, we want things in our lives to be changed. We, we, we want to either feel better or we want our lives to be better, right? We oftentimes, we come to God and we want the salvation. We want from him, Lord, make my world better. Heal my body. Take the bad people away. Provide for my circumstances. Make things better in my world. But the darkness that Jesus starts with is the darkness inside you and me. His salvation isn't so much about changing your world now, but changing you in this world now. You see, when Jesus becomes your king, when Jesus is your savior... It's not merely fire insurance that I'm getting out of hell. It's, it, it's that I'm saved for a loving relationship with God. We're saved for something, not saved from something. And we need to be saved in order that we can love him and be in relationship with our king. You see, we need that light he talks about. The tender mercy of God has brought the sunrise. The sunrise shall visit us from on high and shine light into our darkness. To guide the feet in the way of peace. Because we don't live according to that. We live according to ourselves. The law of me. But Jesus came to save us. First off from ourselves. Because we're hell bent on hell friends. It's my way or the highways. That's how we live. That's how we, what we say to Jesus. And unless you have come to Christ. And surrendered to him as king. We love Jesus. Save me from But there is no salvation unless Jesus is your king. That's that's the purpose of salvation. To change us. To set us free from ourselves. And so we have these beautiful words. The sunrise shall visit us from on high. We need light in our darkness. You see, we won't realize that this world is corrupt and broken. This world's not going to change. Heaven's not going to happen here and now. Heaven's coming. And we only have hope of that when we have Jesus in our hearts. We only can make sense of the darkness now in this world and the brokenness. Now, when Christ is in our hearts and ruling in our lives and we can see what he's saving us for heaven is eternity with him. You see, you're going to keep looking for Salvation in the here and now, political salvation. You're going to look for national salvation. You're going to look for salvation of my circumstances. Salvation from my broken body and being. But you're always going to be frustrated and upset and broken. Unless you receive the king. Let him shine light. Let it be in the sunrise coming to you. There was, a, there was an event several years ago where miners in Chile 
got trapped, the, the mind collapsed. And they were in the mind for some 30 days or so. Actually, I think it was 50 days. It's a long time to be in darkness, right? It was amazing. Just the joy that they had of being set free from that darkness and brought into the light of just life, of everyday life. Their circumstances changed. They were out of darkness and into light. You would think that their lives would be just completely changed and revolutionized, but most of them fell into addiction and were broken with mental health issues. You see, their circumstances changed, but their hearts had not been changed of the real hope. Christ has come, and he's coming again. Do you have the real hope that he provides because he's king in your heart and your life? Because he saved you from your sin by paying it himself. I want to invite you, as the kiddos have invited us, if you haven't come to the king, come. Are you trusting in anything else? Are you trusting in your goodness? Are you trusting in religion, your baptism, your attendance at church? Are you trusting in things you do? Are you trusting in the price Jesus paid on the cross? Because it's all about the cross. What are you trusting in? If you've trusted in Christ, let's live it. Amen? Let's live it and show it with others. You see, John's story here, just like the word of God for us, is the ripple of the tidal wave of God's love in Jesus Christ. And if it's overcome us, friends, we can't help but let it sweep through our relationships, through our community, onto others. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for shining your light to us. The sunrise, I love that imagery, Jesus. The sunrise is this promise that we have. We know the sun will rise. You came once and you're coming again. Lord Jesus, let us not mistake the power you want to give us now in saving us from ourselves, in changing us. Jesus, I pray for my friends here who... Lord, they've been mistaken. They've been deceived. They've they've trusted in, Lord, other things. They've trusted in their goodness. They've trusted in their religiosity, Lord God. Rituals. But they've not trusted in you and the work of your cross, Jesus. We pray, Father, that you would open their hearts to surrender now. Lord Jesus, they may experience your power now to change us, that we would not live in fear before you, but God, that we might live separated from this world for you, in right relationship with you, changed by you. And we can change this world because of you living in us. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray. Amen.